0: Hey, welcome to episode 33 of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. I'm the CEO and founder of Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. At Advantage Strength, we help people between the ages of 35 and 65 to live more, play more, and feel stronger than ever before so that they can stay active with their family and friends and get back to doing the things that they love to do. Uh, the Fit Life Formula is a show that's specifically for the members of Advantage Strength and anybody else who's looking to uh, live a vibrant, healthy, active life until uh, all the way through old age, and as long as they want to do that. And so a lot of times we're going to be talking about uh, training, nutrition, mindset, uh, anything that can help you maintain your energy and uh, live this healthy, um, energetic life all the way through your later years. So today uh, on the show, we've got a special guest. Usually we are talking to sort of local Ann Arbor people here, but today I wanted to talk to Kyle Newell, who is the founder and CEO of Newell Strength out in New Jersey. He's got a couple locations out there and he's the guy that I know that is best with intermittent fasting. And this is one of those topics that, well, I'll let Kyle talk about it, but it's one of those things that it's not training related. It's not movement related but it is nutrition related and, and nutrition uh, has a lot to do with not only your energy, but also your your mindset, how you feel about yourself, your uh, energy management, and all those things. So I'm excited to have Kyle here with us to talk a little bit about intermittent fasting. Kyle, thanks so much, man. I know you got two locations going there and you gotta be a super busy guy. So thanks yeah. for taking some time.
1: It's my pleasure, Brian. Yeah, we got the two spots out here in New Jersey. Uh, but, you know, when you asked me to talk about fasting, it's one of my passions. Uh, it's something, I, you know, we have a lot of our clients do something I'm, I'm very uh, excited about. So when I first came across fasting, I remember telling my wife, it's 2014, uh, you know, I hadn't been that excited about a nutrition thing uh, in a long time. So I'll give you the backstory of how I came into the fasting. In 2014, I was getting ready for two bodybuilding shows. Now a lot of people might say, "Well, I'm not, you know, they're not bodybuilders." So that that's not really the point of it. But what's interesting—the reason I started the fasting through my research—we all have stubborn fat areas on our body. So for men, it's typically the belly, you know, love handles, ninety percent of the time. For women, it's the glutes and thighs, and it's a different type of fat cell receptor. If you ever touch those areas of your body, they're going to be colder to the touch, and the reason is. They have very poor blood supply. So if you can't get the blood in, you can't lose those areas of fat. You can't utilize them as energy. One of the only known ways, the main way to increase blood flow to those areas is through fasting. So then I started dabbling in fasting. It was purely cosmetic to help get ready, you know, the last eight weeks leading up to those shows. So that's how it came to be, you know, and then I started really researching it and and noticing and, and looking at different health aspects of the fasting. So that's my how it came uh, to be introduced to fasting.
0: Cool. Yeah. And I think just like, uh, just like any other professional, I think you get into something and you want to know more about it because you're interested in it for yourself. Um, but let's talk a little bit. You mentioned that, you know, you, you have the two places in New Jersey and tell us a little bit about who you're helping there and and who your clients are there that are doing this. Okay. So our, our clientele
1: primarily is, is similar to your own. It's adults, 35 to 55, 60, you know, usually busy parents, professionals, and throughout the, uh, the years, like when people would come to us before the fasting, I was prescribing diets, and I, w- I would write it out based on their weight, how much they wanted to lose, and, and I would get very frustrated because it would only work 10% of the time. So either the people were lying to me about their adherence, or what I was doing just wasn't working. And, you know, just like you, right, we want to get our clients results. You know, that's, that's really what it's about. So, um, being that a lot of them are busy, the fasting plays right into their, to their lifestyle, to their schedule. And, uh, I've tied the fasting. So something I study a lot is called mind mapping. And and that's really the science of habit formation. Um, Dax Moy, you know, has taught me throughout the years, a lot of really cool stuff about the human mind and brain. And part of the thing, right? If, if we had complexity to anything, we're much less likely to form a habit around it. Yeah. Or, or if it's too fast. So, when I used to write people these detailed diets, they're coming in. I don't know what their background is necessarily with with nutrition, but you're taking whatever they're doing and saying, no, here's the plan. You can eat four or five times a day. This many calories get away. It was just crazy. Looking back, it was like it was way too fast for them to form a habit around. So, uh, yeah, our clientele, you know, they just like anybody, they need simplicity. They need clarity. And they need something that they can stick to and form a habit around.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, uh, man, that brings up a lot of other questions. Um, but let's, let's start from the beginning here. I think people hear fasting and think of um, you know maybe like religious re- events or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But t- talk to us a little bit about what, what intermittent fasting is in the first place. Let's say, let's say no one's heard of it uh, and you're the first one telling us about it. So tell us about intermittent fasting and, and where we start with that.
1: Great. So with intermittent fasting, the way you got to think about it is
0: time-restricted feeding.
1: So rather than kind of following the the, the herd, right, and eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, and two snacks in between, where people are fasting, but they're just fasting really overnight when they're sleeping. So everybody's doing some type of fast already. Uh, You know, if somebody's sleeping six to eight hours a night, they're fasting for six to eight hours already. So fasting is really restricting the time period of when you're allowing yourself to eat food. And it's, uh, it's very simple. It it was actually the natural uh, way for the human body, uh, to process food and to eat. If we look at like the, the, the word breakfast, breaking your fast, everybody has a breakfast, breakfast itself as we know it now has become a whole, uh, multi-billion dollar industry and breakfast. Uh, as we think of it, you know, waking up eating right away is relatively new that that's about 120 years uh, in the making. And it, it was designed more for, for sickly children and people that couldn't keep weight on. And then it became an industry in and of itself. And everybody just said, well, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And uh, people kind of took that and ran with it. Um, but, but in short, fasting is really restricting the window of when you're allowing yourself to eat.
0: And most people are going to do that at night because they're already sleeping anyway. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So unless you're waking up, uh, you know, in the middle of the night to eat, uh, you're, you're already
1: doing some type of fast. Now it's like, okay, if you're sleeping eight hours and you wake up and you eat right away, so you're doing an eight hour fast, let's say, or 10 hour by the time you ate your last meal, we'll just start pushing that first meal back for most people.
0: Well, I think you, you brought up an interesting point, you know, the, I think we know we don't we don't prescribe diets for that exact same reason that that you mm-hmm. mentioned is is you know you have to know a lot about a person's life their schedule their environment their cooking skills their comfort level with food what they like to eat all those you know there is so much to know if you want to prescribe a diet which i think is why that doesn't work most of the time mm. but in this case it's just it's kind of the anti diet it's it's just not eating for a certain period of time mm-hmm. um i guess my question is how much of the other stuff has to be in place like can you eat continue eating exactly like you are right now let's say you don't have an ideal diet and you're not getting the nutrients that you need can you continue that and do this intermittent fasting or do we need to clean up other parts of the diet the times when you are eating um in order for this to work optimally
1: so it's a great question um Really, honestly, it, it's not, I'm not as concerned when they start out, or even overall, is what they're eating. If we can just get them to cut down on the time frame that they're eating, because that has a whole trickle-down effect, too. Um, what, one of the first things I noticed for when I was first doing it way back in 2014 was my ability to listen to whether I was full or hungry greatly improved, rather than just eating by the clock. Hmm. Uh, you know, and that was a process, but it greatly improved uh, much more awareness of my food and what I was eating and how it made me feel. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about cleaning up the diet right away because, in it, it's, it's self limiting in a way. If we're just looking at what's going in and how much is going in, uh, if we're restricting when we're doing that, it kind of cleans it up in some ways because they're not eating as often. And most people can't get in as much into their mouth and into their belly if they're not eating uh, as many times per day as they normally were. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, it's it's obvious calorie restriction, which, you know, we know that uh, weight loss is in most part energy in versus energy out. You know, if if energy in is greater than energy out, then we're going to be gaining weight and vice versa. So we're basically uh, limiting calories in. Is Have you seen any effects like you know, once people start with the intermittent fasting, you said they aren't able to eat as much when they do eat, but do you notice like without needing to coach them on it or without, without, uh, intervention, do they start eating better at the, during the times that they are eating?
1: They typically do because if, if they're approaching us and they, they want to make this, you know, cause that, that's just part of their lifestyle change. Um, and they start working out with us, let's say then are their mind is already in the place where they wanted to make a, a change a transformation and i'll i'll tell them look i'm because they'll, they'll ask the question you just asked about you know well what about And i said listen not as concerned about that right now but if you eat predominantly you know 60 70 of stuff that grew from the earth you're you're, you're going to be fine then you you can't overeat that stuff and it, it stuff like that like anything you know you're you're rice, beans, potatoes, oats, fruits, veggies have a lot of volume. And and when you eat that stuff, a lot of volume, very low fat, but you have stretch receptors in your stomach. So that's one of the signals we get when we're full. We can't eat anymore, literally when our stomach is full. So that's why, I mean, people, when when they eat and they start fasting, they don't have the stomach volume to be able to handle good nutritious foods once we get them going down that route. Um, and we're not telling people, hey, low carb or anything like you know I have a whole bunch of beliefs on that. and then i'll we'll we'll get into more, I'm sure, like the calorie equation what what you'll find is fasting is a completely different pathway metabolically than than if we're playing the calorie uh, equation game, like a typical diet. like um, yeah, I'm sure you'll you'll want to get into that in a little bit.
0: Well, uh, you know, let's, we can go into that right now. I guess the the biggest question I have is, is, you know, what is going on in your body? Like what is, what's actually happening that's causing the, the change? Sure.
1: So the main thing with fasting is we have to realize and reframe that food is a drug. So it affects the internal biochemical and hormonal environment of our body. So it is literally a drug, food. It's going to affect us. The main thing we're trying to control with fasting, as far as hormones, is our insulin output. So a lot of people um, think if somebody's going all the way to being type two diabetic or pre diabetic, they have really uh, destroyed that mechanism. They've become insulin resistant. Okay, so insulin is a storage hormone. Anytime we eat, that's going up. If insulin's elevated, you will not lose weight. It, it's damn near impossible. So we're trying to really limit our insulin spikes if we look at the graph of the day. And as we get more insulin sensitive, we have to produce less of it. It's much healthier. We, get, we can normalize blood blood sugar levels much easier. So with fasting, when we go down that route, um, a couple of cool things happen. Well, let's go down the dieting route first, playing the calorie game. When you go down that way and you start cutting calories, your, your metabolism has an amazing capacity to, to increase or decrease forty by 40% depending on how much you're putting in, which is huge. So when people start cutting calories, and I did this when I used to compete, I used to do all this stuff the wrong way, and this is how what I was trained to do, though. Uh, If I start putting in 1,500 calories, well, my basal metabolic rate, my metabolism is going to keep coming down to match what I'm putting in. Okay, it's going to keep shifting down. And meanwhile, as you're putting in less and less, your main hunger hormone called ghrelin is going to continue to rise. And eventually, that you cannot sustain that type of of living. That's why typical diets don't work. And and people say, well, I lost weight. My question is, did you keep it off? If you didn't keep it off, it didn't work. So you're fighting the the survival mechanism of the body by restricting, restricting, restricting. Now, when we go down the fasting road, and studies have shown this uh, multiple times, for example, when people do a three to five day fast, metabolism will actually go up between five and 10% and uh your main hunger hormone over time ghrelin continues to decline to go down which is really cool um and and you can do different lengths of fasting so it's completely metabolically a different uh, route than we normally take but it's going to work on on insulin is the main hormone it's going to work on and uh it's yeah it's it's really cool it's um You just got to look at results with it and and look at what people are typically doing as far as trying to cut calories and they can't sustain it. And then when you downshift your metabolism like that, when you are going down that road and then the hunger becomes too much to bear, you go back to eating normal or or more. You're going to now put on excess weight than when you started. And that's what you've seen with like Oprah and a lot of
0: people. And I, I'll tell you my my experience with this is you know there were no planned fasts in the in the mix or anything like that but there have definitely been days where you know we 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 start our days early you know like uh, my my alarm goes off at 4:30 and if uh, you're in a rush you got to get out there's been times where I get out and don't eat breakfast and then you know somewhere around 10 o'clock it'll it'll occur to me like well I didn't eat breakfast sure. and those are the times when I feel like I have the most clarity, like I have the most energy, like I have, I'm, I'm mentally acute. I'm sharp. I feel good. I feel like creative. I feel basically like I have, I have like tons of energy and feel really good. Um, those typically on those mornings I've had tea or coffee, but, um, is that, a pretty common thing. I mean, can you expect to have, what can you expect to feel if, if you're doing this? Let's say you, let's say you don't eat breakfast and you push, push it back till 10 or noon. Right. And then it's sort of this intermittent fast and you do that each day. What can you expect to feel by doing this? That's
1: great observation by you because
0: you should have a lot more clarity, a lot
1: more uh, of a nice smooth energy because what's going on. And I always looked at like, to me, I always look at the science and the hormones. When we, about two hours before we wake up, right, cortisol begins to climb. And then if we wake up, you know, that's usually when it's peaking. Cortisol is an alertness hormone. I and mean, it gets a bad rap. You know, people, yeah, when you have excessive stress, we don't want anything way above than what it should be. But cortisol is an alertness hormone. So if we go back to how the brain works, the way the brain evolved, you know, not sleeping in houses with nice beds and being safe and comfortable. If we were waking up in tribes and packs out in the wilderness, we had to wake up figure out our surroundings, make sure our family was safe, gather stuff. We had to get going right away, right? So cortisol serves that purpose. It's an alertness hormone. And with the cortisol, adrenaline will be at a nice level. So you should be much more alert, much more uh, aware of your surroundings, much more productive. Now, when you get into that, you know, if if you're going to push it even further, 16, 18, 20-hour fast, you start getting in that range, and then you're going to have big spikes of growth hormone, which is great for the brain as well, in, in making us alert. Now, when people eat a typical breakfast, uh, like they wake up, eat within a half hour, hour, insulin's going to go up. So there's something called the fishing effect, which means when insulin goes up, a little while later, cortisol is going to come back down. So a lot of people, when they eat a typical breakfast, they'll report that, hey, you know, I just ate a little while ago, but all of a sudden I'm really hungry and I, I'm tired even though I just woke up two hours ago, that's exactly what's going on. We're kind of going against what the human hormones are trying to do within the body. So that is a great observation on your part. And I, I guess I'll touch on two where we're talking about like the energy. When We get people doing fasting of, of like some of the longer fasts. I always tell them, look, if you're feeling low in energy, there's two things possibly going on. One is you're experiencing just the, the mental aspect of the drug aspect of food, thinking that you need it. Right, You need it to run your the energy of your body, which you don't. And secondly, we have people drink the juice, what we call it, which is different salts in their water, like sodium, potassium, baking soda. Most people are deficient in that stuff anyway. And then if we start fasting, your body's still utilizing your electrolytes to function. And then we're urinating them out. So if electrolytes drop too low, you're going to feel weak and, and, and uh, your energy is going to dip. So when we have people drink the salt water, throughout the day or during their fasting period makes a world of difference. Uh, And, and yeah, it's it's just a cool aspect we've added to the fasting, but that's, that's the main uh, brain benefit as far as what's going on hormonally.
0: Okay. And so, you know, let's say I wanted to do this and I wanted to do a a day long fast. Um, What, what is considered food? You you mentioned you're going to be consuming liquid, you're going to be consuming salts, um, you know, can is like cause coffee gives me energy, right? Uh-huh. Do do you end up using the same mechanisms, the same pathways? Do you get the same result if you have a coffee or um some sort of other stimulant in the morning?
1: Yeah, you should get the same result. Um now there's people that'll say, and I always tell people it depends how technical you want to get. If your liver has to detox anything or anything, you know, technically your liver's not in the fastest state. I just look at the calories. So if we're going to do a black coffee, to me, you're still in a fasted state because most people aren't necessarily concerned with if their livers, you know, processing coffee or caffeine. So anything that has calories is going to break your fast. I used to allow now going back to habits, right? If somebody says, hey, Kyle, I want to do this, but I just I got to have a little bit of cream in my coffee. Well, then I said, well, if that's going to give you the adherence you want, I'd rather you do that than try to you know grin and bear it for a month and then just say oh, screw it i'm not going to do it right so you always gotta look at what can kind a of person form a habit around but uh if you're if you're being technical in my opinion anything that has calories you forego and you should get more of a benefit like think if you had alcohol on a com- like completely empty stomach right you're gonna feel that more than if you have a full belly it's just by nature of what's going on so same thing with the stimulants and whatnot that you should have a uh yeah, uh, you should be more receptive to the effects it's going to give you.
0: Okay, cool. And, you know, another thing in having conversations with people kind of leading up to this com- um, to our discussion here today, somebody brought up a good point. And, and I sort of agree just based on my own personal experience those days where I forget to eat breakfast and then, you know, feel good, eat lunch. Um, then by the time, like by the time I'm heading to bed, I feel like, I end up sort of making up for the calorie deficit at, at, at dinner or after dinner or something like that. I get really hungry later in the day. Um, is this something that people can expect to experience? Is that uh, something that's it's pretty common? Yeah, so when you first start, right, um,
1: you have a couple of things going on. Y- your body is still relying on this external source as the main fuel source, meaning the glucose that's coming in from food. Um, it's still our our dominant energy source, okay? So you have that going on, we're kind of dependent on that, and usually a week or two, and people start to notice a transition to to the energy source, which I'll go over in a minute, with what their body wants to use. And then you also have food entrainment patterns. So food entrainment basically is the times that we've trained our body to expect food, and how much we've trained it, if that's our main energy source we're relying on, to expect. So the entrainment patterns um, are gonna send you hunger signals, it's not uh it's not starvation though those will go away in five to ten minutes um and it's kind of like pavlov's conditioning in in a way Mm. so those those entrainment patterns over time we can make them less but i still get them periodically um you know and i know it's going to go away in five minutes i'll just drink my, my salt water or whatever you know if i'm having a coffee and you stay busy um so you have that, but what we're trying to do as far as weight loss and whatnot is all the fat that we have on our body. So even if you only had 10 pounds of fat, which is beyond <clears throat> what most people can even comprehend, because it's so lean. that I mean, that's a super lean person, 10 pounds of fat. Now, even if you had 10 pounds of fat, roughly you got 35,000 calories of stored fuel on your body that you can use as far as fat. The main reason we have excess weight and body fat is for fuel. So we got to reframe this in our head that the the weight we want to lose is is a food source. We have to give the body a reason to tap into that. And the longer we fast over a longer period of time, the more we can can tap into that by keeping insulin low. And that's part of the reason uh, why metabolism actually goes up with with fasting, uh, especially when we get into the longer ones, because your mitochondria start using its own fuel source of the fat, like limitless supply of fat we have on our body. So, uh, but until you break away from that dependency on, okay, my main energy is coming from what I'm eating. Um, you're gonna notice stuff like that
0: to to more of a degree. So does that even happen if if it's an intermittent fast versus like a you know a two or three day fast? Do you even can you start tapping into those fat stores just even intermittently?
1: To to be honest, what I found throughout the years is <clears throat> the sixteen eight the standard uh, like lean gains uh, protocol which I started with for years. I was doing that. You'll notice some benefits. You're going to get some health benefits. Um, Explain 16:8. So 16:8 is basically a 16-hour fast. So yeah. if you get at 8 o'clock tonight, you're not eating again till noon tomorrow. Okay, so you, you'll you have an eight-hour window if you do 16-8 that, that of when, which you can eat. Now, when people hear that, so when I get different protocols, it's not that you're eating the whole eight hours. Typically, I'll say that's two meals because the less often we eat, that kind of plays into the fasting, the better, the less insulin spikes we're getting. Um, so, you know, if you did a 20 slash four, like a warrior version, that's a 20 hour fast. So you, you could keep pushing that, that stuff up. Um, but what was the question again before before the 16-8?
0: Um, I was just asking... You know, can we expect the same results, for, or do okay. we tap into those fat stores if we're doing a, a two-day fast versus just an intermittent fasting like a sixteen-eight?
1: Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna notice the same results if you're doing the sixteen-eight. You're gonna get a lot of the health benefits. You're gonna reduce inflammation, and whatnot. Um, there was somebody recently. We just have one of our new people that started with sixteen-eight, and then uh, they, you know, first six weeks or whatever, they're down ten, but now they kind of hit a wall. So when they hit a wall, that's when we got to look at okay can we increase that? Can we do a periodic longer fast? Um, I mean, the longest fast to frame it for, for your clients longest fast on records, 382 days, Jeez. which is crazy. Uh, I mean, the guy lost, I don't even know how much he lost 250, 300 pounds. Um, you know, and he was, he was drinking his water. He was taking a multivitamin and that was it. And he reversed his type two diabetes. I mean, fasting is awesome as far as what it can do for your health. So when you get into that 16 hour range, 16 to 24, let's say you get something called autophagy. The longer you go, the more pronounced this is, but autophagy is when your body actually starts going through and eating damaged parts of its own cells, kind of cleansing, cell cleansing, which is a great benefit. Um, so that's something people don't talk a lot about with fasting, but that's one of the, one of the main health benefits is autophagy uh, and and reduced inflammation. Inflammation is what's really the root of a lot of this stuff: insulin resistance, heart disease, weight gain. So if we can reduce inflammation, um, you know, one of the things I noticed when I started was, uh, you know, I did all Charles Poliquin's courses with biosignature and he'd always have us do hydrochloric acid pills in the middle of a meal for digestion. He would explain that. Hey, most people walking around just, just by way of stress have depleted levels of hydrochloric acid, so digestion is going to be impaired. So you would to take these pills in the middle of a meal. And if you didn't feel any burning, you could up the dose the next one. So burning meant that it kind of turned back on your production of hydrochloric acid. So within a couple months, I started noticing I'm taking the pill, but I'm feeling it. That's weird. So I noticed that the less often I ate, my digestion continued to improve and stuff like that. By just doing the test with the hydrochloric acid pills, I realized, hey, we're giving the gut a break. We're reducing inflammation there. We're allowing the the digestive enzymes to kick back on and do their job
0: rather than just constantly eating, like most people are doing. Yeah, and and I think that's the, you know you hear a lot about overeating, overeating isn't just calorie consumption, overeating, I think what's important to know is, is damaging cells. It puts wear and tear on your cells. Mm -hmm. And that's another benefit. I I totally forgot about that. This, you know, by limiting your food intake, you're not only limiting cellular stress, but you're also apparently, this is new to me, by the way, Kyle, thank you for this. Uh, You're You're also allowing your body to heal damaged cells or get rid of damaged cells. Yes.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. I mean, uh, you know, there, I'll, I'll look up different extreme things just to see what we can pull out of the research, but stem cell, uh, regeneration. Um, when you get into longer fasting, it's, it's amazing when you fast, uh, like Tim Ferris, for example, he did something last year, or a year ago or a year and a half ago, he had Lyme disease and they could not kick the symptoms. They could not get rid of, uh, you know, he was trying all different protocols, antibiotic protocols. So he did a seven day fast. And when he did that fast, boom, everything was gone. Your body's amazing at healing itself. When you, when you stop putting food in for a period of time hmm. and, it, and you can use that and you think about when you're sick, the natural thing for most people when they are sick is their appetite goes down, right? The yeah. body knows what it needs to do and what it wants to do. And most people say, Oh, you got to eat. You got to keep your energy. You got to eat. Uh, so the body's brilliant with that stuff.
0: And when you're, when you say fast, like, um, when you say fast, are you talking like a seven day fast? Does that mean just the electrolyte drink and maybe a multivitamin? Is that what you mean by fast? Or is this like seven days of doing the intermittent fasting? It could be both. It
1: could be both. So what I do, I'll give you my personal routine is, uh, Sunday night into, uh, Tuesday night I do a 48 hour fast and I just drink my you phone know, have coffee I have coffee I do my salt water my juice uh, you know which is the salt water I'll do that and then I transition into a one meal a day which is basically a 24 hour fast then me personally I get to Sundays and that's my my off day I do whatever I want you know because I just know what works for me so I could fast for 20 hours 24 hours you can do a longer fast 48 any type of time-restricted feeding is is Technically fasting. Now it's it's like anything. You got to say, okay, what can I form a habit around? What can I do? What what are what are my goals, and when do I want to achieve them by? So we have a lot of people that have to lose a lot of weight, like like any of our places, right? Um, So those guys and girls will do longer fasts. You know, their underlying thing will be typically a one meal a day type of approach, but they'll do a two, three day fast, sometimes four. We've had people do five until they start really seeing the results they want. Um, and they'll all tell you, the ones that do the longer ones, the first day is the toughest. And then it's just like the off switch. You don't even really think about the food. Your body's primarily running off its own source.
0: Mm. So Well, if you've ever done a if you've ever done a, you know, like a reducing sugar or trying the paleo thing for a little while, you'll notice like I've I've done, you know, just as a an a sample, like I didn't feel like I really needed it, but just went did like did a paleo thing for for two weeks or so. And then, you know, the first three days is kind of a culture shock. You get a lot of new stuff to mm-hmm. get used to. But what I did notice was I was craving a lot of like sugary stuff because that's what I was used to. Um, but then after that, the cravings went away. Like mm-hmm. my desire for that stuff sort of went away. So I, I imagine it's probably the same as you get into a longer fast is that, you know, after the initial. After the initial day or two, where you're you're used to eating at certain times and you're not getting food at that time, your body's letting you know it. Um, that and the cravings that sort of come along with your body getting used to or being used to getting its energy from food. I imagine that stuff starts to subside after a little while.
1: It does. It does, and it's uh, it starts going away as far as the physical stuff. A lot of it. A lot of times, we'll have to watch the mental game because I know me personally when I first started dabbling in the logger fast, I would find myself sometimes thinking, okay, I want to eat something," but I'd be like, what? I'm not actually hungry. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, a, and that's kind of like the drug aspect of the food. But yeah, once you break off of it over time, it gets easier and easier and easier. And your body just know, you know, you've trained it. Um, but yeah, it, it's similar in that regard. As far as, uh, over time cravings should definitely go down. Um, like I tell you, my my off day Sunday, where that used to be like a, this crazy uh, cheat day when I was doing bodybuilding and whatnot. Now, to me, it's more just a day to relax. I don't have the same cravings, mm-hmm. you know. You'd think, hey, you're only eating really for me personally six, you know, six meals a day, five meals. Uh, excuse me, a week, five meals a week. Uh, you'd think that the hunger would be, and it's not. It's almost completely gone. All these cravings. Um, so there's a lot of interesting aspects as far as that goes.
0: So is this a is this a tactic or is this a lifestyle?
1: To me, it's a lifestyle. And when I first started guys doing this at the gym, we started mainly the guys, cause I was trying to, at first I was led to believe it worked differently in women. So I'll talk about that in a second, but five years ago when we started you know, the guys doing this, most of them just stuck with it because they started realizing their body was changing. It was simpler, right? It just simplified their life, which is a huge uh, benefit and they, and I tell people, look, when you start this, uh, you're probably not going to go back to the regular way of eating. And to me, that's what differentiates it than a diet. Uh, typical diets have a starting point and ending point. So this is, is a lifestyle and then you, you keep it alive, right? So if, if the holidays are coming up, so what I'll do personally is then I'll bump it back for that week to like a 16, eight approach. Cause I want to enjoy that stuff.
0: Hmm.
1: And then you go on vacation, you know? you just keep it, you keep it fluid. If you're in your regular work week and, and you know, everything's routine, that's when you can increase them. So it, it's pretty cool because you could just kind of, you know, amp dial up or turn it down, but you're still following the principle of it, which is, sure. which
0: is huge to me. Sure. And, and really what it boils down to is it's just, it's just eating it at fewer times during the day. And if you're, you know, if it sounds too hardcore to call it a fast i'm doing a fast right now really all you're doing is is saying i think what a lot of people do is just say you know i won't eat after dinner and yeah. then i and then maybe I, I don't eat breakfast but um yep. i think maybe the biggest shocker of all of this is you know this whole i guess myth of of needing to eat breakfast to keep your your digestion stoked and your your um metabolism stoked and my 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 metabolism has failed and and all these things and uh you know, it turns out, or it sounds like this may be a way or something to try to, to kickstart that again.
1: Yeah, it's completely, we've been led down the wrong path with that. And uh, anybody that wants to look more into like uh, some very uh, good reads and simple stuff, Dr. Jason Fung, he's got a lot of YouTube stuff, but he's, uh, he he, he talks about a lot of that stuff where, um, you know, if, if we're not having breakfast, right? Like, you got to remember where a lot of these studies come from, like breakfast-raising metabolism. It's usually industry-funded. Mm-hmm. And your metabolism never shuts off. And and people will say, well, you got to eat breakfast to kickstart. You're not kickstarting your metabolism. You want to become more insulin-sensitive. And when you become more insulin-sensitive, something like what I call calorie partitioning, where the food, when you do eat, when it comes in, where is it more likely to go? To fat storage, to, to energy utilization, to the muscles, You know, and the less often you eat, the better your calorie partitioning is. So it's uh, this this myth of breakfast being the most important meal of the day. There's so many myths with nutrition that, uh, and if you just experiment for yourself, you'll start to realize, huh, you know, that wasn't true. Like like the thing where people will tell me, well, what about, uh, you know, I don't want to lose any muscle fasting. Fasting in and of itself is very very. uh, preserving of your muscle tissue and it goes down back to the mind map stuff everything your our body does is for survival first so if you go back thousands of years, people obviously weren't eating three times a day they had to go hunt their food they had to gather their food now if they were going on these fasts for a couple days while they're trying to find food or maybe in the winter if they lost their muscle their their ability to survive would go way down it doesn't make sense from an evolutionary standpoint so your hormones uh when you do these fasts like growth hormone gets way jacked up an internal growth hormone that we produce ourselves is about eight times more powerful than external stuff, like if we were doing growth hormone injections. So it's very, very powerful. Luteinizing hormone, which is a precursor to testosterone, goes way up. So there's all these cool muscle-building benefits of it um, that people think, oh, because I'm not eating, I'm going to lose muscle, uh, which is just another myth of it. Um, but I thought that would be a cool aspect for people to hear about is, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff we've been told is not true.
0: mm yeah. And it's hard to know too. You know, uh, there's a lot of resources out there that look reputable and um, it's just, it's hard, it's hard to know. Um, but all right. So let's, let's wrap up with this. What, let's say listeners are, are interested and considering uh, dabbling in some, some intermittent fasting. What's the best place to start? What have you found? What practices do you guys use with people who are just starting out? Um, I know it's going to be pretty individual, but is there, is there a way that you can say, you know, this is kind of the way to start? Yeah. So I typically have two tracks
1: when people are interested in fasting. So, uh, if somebody just wants to kind of dabble in it and they want to try it, then we would start them on a sixteen-eight, which is that 16 hour fast, eight hour window. Um, you know, it's not too threatening for people and, um, You know, a lot of people with just a small tweak can make that work. The other person, uh, type of person that we have, I'll start them right out the gate on a 48 hour fast because it builds their confidence. So you have two different personalities. And some people, once they do a 48, it's like, you know what? That wasn't that hard. And I can do uh, a 20 hour fast every day because there's a lot of uh, fear around fasting. You know, people have a lot of fear around it. So we got to try to build their confidence with, you know how we start them, but some people do great with starting with a forty-eight because they re- all of a sudden all the stuff they thought they knew about eating and food kind of went out the window, and they could kind of break that—you uh, know—take like a paradigm shift almost. But so yeah, I would either start them on sixteen-eight, simple protocol, or a forty-eight to build the confidence, depending on the person's personality.
0: Cool, yeah, and I—I I mean, I said before that I wanted to wrap up with that, but I guess the uh, just talk a little bit about if this is new, if this is your first time doing this, tell us a little bit about what you should be looking for and ready to kind of enjoy. I always think, you know, the way we talk to people is, is benefits, not actions, yeah. right? Like, so we want to, we want to talk about the benefits here. What benefits can they, can they expect to look for and get excited about if they're going to, if they're going to start this?
1: So you're going to notice a uh, much better energy throughout the day. Right, your energy is gonna be more even, even keel. It's not gonna be up and down and crashes. Uh, you're not gonna get tired after lunch. As you get improve that insulin aspect, you can have better energy, uh, better productivity for the two facts, for for two reasons for the hormones that we talked about that are going out with the brain, and for the simple reason you don't have to constantly stop and eat, which people don't realize that. That that, you know, as soon as they get into a workflow or something, okay, gotta stop and eat. So it really simplifies their life. And with the simplicity, it's very liberating rather than having to count everything they put in their mouth. Uh, Some people, you know, like I used to do a body carry around Tupperware. It just simplifies your life. Okay. Which should give people peace of mind. And um, they're going to lose weight if they, if that's the goal, if you don't want to lose weight, you could just obviously eat more at those meals, but uh, they're going to, Typically, smash through uh, plateau. So we have a lot of women recently that have been on calorie restrictive diets. They've been doing stuff, not working. They've been stuck, and I say, okay, let's get on to you know the, the fasting system we we'll use with you know one meal a day or a 48 sprinkled in. Boom, smash through it. Five pounds, ten pounds, and it's like you know they're ecstatic because they've been stuck, 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 stuck. So you could change your body pretty dramatically. Uh, Depending how you know to what level you want to do it, so those are some of the simplicity and uh, you know just better energy. I think are the, the huge ones.
0: If you don't have a ton of body changes that you're looking for, if you're if you're, you know, we have a lot of people. I guess our, our biggest thing is that we won't, people here want to just be able to keep moving and be yeah. active um, and and feel good when they move. Is this still of benefit to them? Oh yeah, oh yeah, because you get you're reducing inflammation. Um, a lot of people don't, you know, if people.
1: Uh, don't even realize they have inflammation. Sometimes uh, they can't move as well. Their joints might hurt, especially as we age. So it's definitely a benefit to them. Um, and again, because the the energy that they're going to find uh, that increases because of the fasting. So yeah, I think I th- if if you're going deeper with it, I think the uh, health benefits far far outweigh the weight loss aspect of it uh, when people really dive in. So if you're looking at longevity and, and uh, you know, cellular cleansing and stuff like that, uh, I, I think it, I recommend it for anybody.
0: Okay. So last question, I promise. Yeah, I, promise. I, promise. Yeah. I said that three times. they have <laughs> asked three questions since then, but, um, you know, you kind of touched on it there at the end. Is there anybody that this wouldn't be good for?
1: If somebody, for whatever reason, um, could not get in enough food. So let's say you had a, an athlete that just didn't have a big eating capacity. It, even them, I still try to have them do some type of, you know, maybe pushing breakfast back a couple hours. So you have that aspect. It gets a little trickier with type 1 diabetics, mm-hmm. um, but they could still fast because they got to try to clear some of that sugar out of their blood. It's excellent for type 2 diabetics. Um, but no, I mean, there's uh, – and with kids, because a lot of people ask me about kids. We've got some young kids at home ourselves as well. And I said, the kids, let them tell you when they're hungry.
0: Right. You know, like don't just make them eat to eat. How many um, times have we tried to, to give our kids meals and that it's just not happening because they're just They don't hungry? want it. Right. Yeah. And our uh, one son, Braxton, who's four,
1: he's not hungry when he wakes up. And our other son wants to eat, so I'm like, all oh, right, just whatever." They're telling us that they kids have an amazing ability to tell you, <laughs> "Hey, I'm hungry. But I'm tired," you know. And it's uh, mm. their biofeedback listening skills are much better than ours as adults. Mm. But yeah, there's not too many people I would not recommend. I mean, if, if I would say if I if I ever come down with cancer or something long that's that's uh, pretty serious, um, and I've I've helped people with in such cases, I would fast again you're getting so many health benefits It's uh, my point with saying that is I think it, 99.9% of people are going to greatly benefit from some type of fasting
0: okay alright so um, Kyle this has been awesome man I, I didn't expect to get this much out of this conversation to be honest with you we usually try to keep these to about half the length it is right now but um, great conversation I think really helpful for anybody listening who might be interested in this and um, so thank you so much for your time kyle and uh, you're welcome Brian. until next time guys be sure to follow the fit life formula that's three days a week of something you love to do two days a week of strength training and one workout that just sucks we'll talk to you next week